Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers news throughout the gaming industry and a variety of topics. Here's your host for the show, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, we are joined by another Twilight Princess speedrunner and Twitch streamer, Glubbers. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you today? I am doing well. Sun's shining. Helicopters are being loud at seven in the morning. You know how it goes. Oh, yes, boy. <laughs> I mean, I, I vaguely know what you mean, but I, 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 under, I feel like I can understand it. Yeah, if, you spent, if you've ever lived near an airport, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, def- oh, God, definitely. <laughs> well, since you're brand new here, we get to play a little game. We get to play interrogations where we ask you your favorite video game, video game character, and video game soundtrack. So... My, probably my favorite game, just to start it out, is Majora's, not Majora's Mask, Minish Cap. Sorry, Ooh. I was looking at a poster of Majora's Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Minish Cap is by far my favorite game. I mean, it's actually a really weird one. A lot of people hear me say that and think that it's, oh yeah, it's definitely some sort of nostalgia. You know, the game came out in, what was it, 2005? I played it when I was young, and it's associated with that sort of thing. But no, actually, I didn't play it for over a decade after it came out. I played it around the time I was moving off to college, and it gave me kind of that reminder of how games were when I was young, and I really associated with that. That's dope. So, I mean, I've played it. I, I played it for the first time less than five years ago actually over five years ago at this point and i've played it a couple of times since and it's just a lovely game nice i don't know much about minish cap other than the hat talks to you the hat does talk to you his name's eslo eslo uh, <laughs> basically as a so as so, did, so did mario odyssey just rip off minish cap no no the premise <laughs> for eslo's character is that he's uh whole princess in the toad situation oh into the help cap. me i'm a hat yeah <laughs> and he's this okay. wise sage that his student cursed him and his student is body who you know as a recurring character probably the name sounds familiar he's the main antagonist in i think three or four games at this point my god okay so it's basically the other ganondorf <laughs> but it's not ganon it's body Kind of, kind of, yeah. Okay, alrighty. Uh, what about favorite character? A complete change in tone from Minish Cap. My favorite character in any game franchise is Artorius from Dark Souls. I Okay. I associated a lot with... So, Dark Souls is actually my second favorite game. I associated with the game a lot and loved how it felt, loved the combat, loved the underlying story and the unique storytelling aspect. But Artorius is, in to me, when I first played it, a very tough fight. So I spent a lot of time on it, and he specifically has a lot of lore behind him with this whole, hey, there's this blight, he's part of this group that goes in and is supposed to fend it off, they're supposed to be the heroes of the land, and his story specifically with his dog and everything. Do you know anything about the story at all? 
you're brought back to life and you kill things and die a lot. Fair enough. So there's <laughs> undertones for the DLC. Artorias is one of the DLC bosses. Okay. The, there's this land called Ulysseel that has this blight that's coming across it that he need that he is a part of this D&D party of adventurers that they need to put a stop to this, right? Right. And not to go into a whole long story and spoil everything, but he is this swordsman. He has, you know, basic sword and shield. He has his dog Sif with him. His oh, is, this, is Sif the dog that uh, holds the sword? Sif is the dog that holds the sword. So oh. to get into that, that's the same sword. Artorius ended up dying and succumbing to this abyss. And the dog defends his grave with the sword. And that's who you have to fight. Sif is a boss. Yeah, I know, I, I know sword doggo. And everyone gets all sad. Yeah. There's this whole long story told. It's a really nice story, in my opinion, told through in the traditional Dark Souls sense, through item text and all of that, instead of being very outright. And it's a phenomenal story. Huh. That's really cool. I've, I would play Dark Souls, but I, you know, I've given the Souls series a try. It's not for everyone. It, it's, mean, it's really not. Like, hey, if if you love the games... I mean, here's the thing. I love the games in the sense that I love the aesthetic. I love what they do with the story. It's just I'm bad. I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey. have enough patience for the die, try again, die, try again, die, try again. You know, they do have a saying for that. It's get good. Get <laughs> <laughs> no i completely understand it i me and my brother one of my brothers we love the series my other brother hates it and we're not, all not bad at games right yeah it's just exactly what do you enjoy ex ex exactly it's what you enjoy um to round it off favorite ost so my probably this is a harder question to answer for me because i don't listen to many game osts but if i had to pick there's a few that come to mind because there are only a few that i actually listen to outside of the games i would probably it's almost a tie i i've recently been re-loving the metal gear rising soundtrack you know that one <laughs> i love that one yeah and i i just have to say near automata's Okay. OST. I, I love two completely different tones, but yes. I love both of them for what they are. They're very strongly tied into the games as well as standing well on their own. You have like the nice serene gracefulness that Nier offers. And then just pure American freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear Rising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do have uh, Armstrong as a boss. <laughs> <laughs> yep ah uh, it's uh metal gear rising what a game you played it i have not but i have seen a lot about it oh, i recommend it it's I, I really should i just i i i should really just i need to sit down and play a lot of franchises and metal gear just like everything within the metal gear series is something i do need to sit down and play because i think the only things i've touched within just metal gear overall is um 
Oh, the the demo that demo game that was released for Metal Gear Five. So the first uh, Metal Gear Five was that one, or so, Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pains. So that 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 demo game that was like released beforehand. Yeah, whatever. That, I, I played I've that. Not played that one. Yeah, I, I played that, for that sure. and then I played the demo on the 3DS for Metal Gear Solid Three. They're all good games. I would recommend playing the entire series, except for five. I haven't played five. But my brother played Rising on his own without knowing anything about the series, and he had fun just playing Hack and Slash. Yeah. I feel like I would have a lot of fun with Rising. I do like Hack and Slashes. Yeah, and if you want something that was platinum when they were in their prime... Oh yeah. oh, yeah, it is Platinum who did those. Yeah, yeah about that. it was Platinum, and they've... Uh, <laughs> Certainly fell off recently. <laughs> what's, what's that game that just came out? Babylon's Fall or something? Oh, was that them? That oh. was the the creator was actually the same creator of Metal Gear Rising, but oh, they, and it's crazy. It's crazy to me how I haven't seen much about Babylon's Fall, but it just looks so subpar by comparison. Uh, all right, well, that's interrogations. It's time to move over to the headline of the week we got a good one uh the worst reviewed game on steam which is konami's eFootball 2022 hey it's finally releasing its 1.0 release on april 14th so the major changes include defending controls passing improvements additional shooting trajectories quote strategic evolution through improved dribbling functionality end quote and just improved online sta- stability as well. The big question is, though, is this enough to fix the game, or is it too little too late? Well, <laughs> eFootballs, isn't that the one that got a lot of flack for the NFTs? No, I think it, I mean, it might have been, like, I don't know. There's too many games that are trying to do that as well. Well, that's, yeah, but I think that it, it's... You know, it's not American football. It's it's yeah, it's, it's um it's association soccer. football soccer. soccer. So it, if I remember right, this is that game that caught a lot of flack for its it, well, not just NFTs, but for being it, it was like unplayable. It was unplayable. not. It was it was unplayable. It was so it was bad. bad. It was like this was actually like it, people were surprised they actually released the game as they did. It was not good. Yeah. Now, granted, this is Konami we're talking about, and Konami's games are have been going down the toilet ever since Kojima left the company. Yep, and we're going on, what, seven years? That was 2015, I think? Yeah, I think so. I think the last good game Konami put out is... Uh, oh, okay, I guess the most recent game they put out is was the best one, which was Master Duel, because it's just Yu-Gi-Oh!, and they, yeah, it's hard to they, fuck up Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> the Yu-Gi-Oh games are like the only one from that prime Konami era that seems to not be really affected. Mm-hmm. But everything else seems to get just totally fucked. Yeah, rest in peace to Silent Hill, to Metal Gear, all of those. Yeah. Hey, at least we're getting like a Silent Hill The guy who created Silent Hill is working on something new, I believe is what the thing was that was announced at E3 last year. Uh, he's been working on his own stuff for a little while. Yeah. I know that he, they announced like the new... Pro- I can't remember what it's called off the it, top of my head. Probably something based on PT, right? I, 
it, it, I don't think it was. I think it's like something like entirely new. Entirely new. Okay, I didn't like, hear it about was, that. It was. It was. It was. I know that they showed it off at E3. They showed it off somewhere. I can't remember where. I want to say it was E3, but I might be wrong. But they did show something off, and it's like, whoa, that's cool. It's a new Silent Hill successor by the guy who did Silent Hill. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. I do know that there was the guy, the creator of uh, Castlevania, who had left Konami, and he made the Bloodstained series at this point. And those have been really good if you haven't played those at all. I have not. I feel like I might have been told to play them by my boy Zach, but I don't remember. I mean, if you played Castlevania when you were a kid and you remember things like Aria of Sorrow, Order of Ecclesia, those games, it's very similar and very fun. Okay. I still need to play the Castlevania games. <laughs> play those first, Aria of Sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play the one with Richter Belmont. There are plenty of those. If you want to play a classic one, Super Castlevania 4 has Richter and is one of my favorite games from my childhood. Okay. I'll definitely keep that in mind when I, if I, if and when I finally do get to the Castlevania franchise. It's a um, SNES game. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Emulate it, baby! <laughs> Yeah, or uh, on a SNES, <laughs> or on a SNES. I don't. I, there you I, go. I don't. So let's let's go with Route Two. Uh, that's the headline of the week. Whether or not it'll be good, if you if you're actually looking to play it, let us know because I I would like to know if they actually did fix it enough, or if you didn't bother with it, let us know as well because. Worst game on Steam. I feel like we should just keep it like this so that way they know it did and. and it's just a constant reminder to if everybody. If what I've heard about this game is what I've heard about this game, it feels like a train, an empty train leaving the station just because it was on schedule. No one's on board. No one wants to be there. It's just the pi- the one who's fucking driving the train, the devs, and no one on board to keep their schedule. Yep. Exactly. Uh, with that, it's now time to jump into everything else that happened this past week in the world of video games. This is the Week in Review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the Week in Review. And to uh, kick things off, uh, some of the game releases that came out last week. We had MLB The Show 22 on everything, even the Switch. Uh, with, uh, of course, our cover boy Shohei Otani. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is finally out everywhere, and it is lots of fun. And Chrono Cross The Radical Dreamers Edition also got released, which was shown off at the recent, recent, the last Nintendo Direct, if I'm correct. I haven't heard the name Chrono Cross in a long time, and I must have missed that in the last direct. But yeah, it was uh, they. It's Chrono Cross. It's also including like the prequel to the game, The Radical Dreamers, which was that text-based game. So uh, that's uh, that's what's, and I think it's like a, I don't think it's HDified, but like not like fully remat. Like it's just high definition graphics. Still classic Chrono Cross, though. Um, I still need to play Chrono Trigger. Well, I can definitely see why looking up the original Radical Dreamers 
it was released exclusively for the Satellaview. So all of what, two dozen people? Two dozen people have heard the story until that game came out. Mm-hmm. So hey, if you want, if you like the Chrono Cross, hey, you can find, and you didn't own a Satellaview, and you're not one of the 12 people who owned a Satellaview, hey, now's your chance to experience uh, Radical Dreamers. Uh, in the world of video game news starting off with Activision Blizzard because again they can't it's actually a good thing for once Uh, they will be converting all of their US based temporary and contingent quality assurance QA positions to full time jobs they announced Thursday that nearly 1,100 workers will become full time Activision Blizzard employees upping their pay to at least $20 an hour and allowing QA workers access to bonuses and full benefits. They did something good. That's a good change for once. I I feel like there was not obviously 20 an hour, but something that Blizzard used to do, kind of very similar to that before Activision bought them. So it's good to see that sort of thing coming back to the company, yes. I guess. Now the question is, uh, was it... Activision Blizzard who decided this, or did Microsoft tell them to do it? Microsoft told them to do it. You know that already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you know how Microsoft treats their QA testers, they're... They get shafted like QA testers always do, but they're still way better off than a lot of other companies. Looking at Bethesda for that one. Uh, going into our next story, Mist M-Y-S-T is being turned into a virtual mini-golf course. The walking simulator and puzzle game originally released in 1993 will be revived as part of a DLC pack for the VR mini-golf game uh, Walkabout Mini-Golf. So that's cool. If you were a fan of Myst, that's, uh, you can now golf in it. Or if you're just a fan of golf and you want somewhere else to golf. Yeah, ex- exactly. Especially mini golf in VR, which actually sounds really cool. It's pretty fun. I've done it a couple of times. Nice. Uh, Delayment news this week: Two Point Campus, that Sega Sim game, that's getting delayed to August. But hey, that just means you can st- play as Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles in Two Point Hospital even more. There you go. Because <laughs> that's, that's still a thing if people forgot about that. I did forget about that. <laughs> Mario Golf is coming out on the N64 Virtual Console next week on the 15th. It will so, be uh, out. One, a very good game. But sounds like sounds to me like golfers are just having a good week with video it games. It's a good week for golfers. And the Masters are on. Yeah. It's a good week. It's a it, good week for golf. It's just a good week for golf. Let's go golf. You don't get much recognition. <laughs> yeah, like you, even Tiger's play. He's playing in the Masters as well. Like he's walking. He's he's doing is good is is good week for golf. Things are on the up and up for golf. Things are on par, as you could say. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> a joke that could be made <laughs> if you were so inclined. <laughs> Back for Blood, their new expansion, Tunnel of Terror, releases next week on the 12th. They put out a new launch trailer uh, showing off a bit of the thing. So it'll introduce seven underground dungeons, which are essentially just monster hives, with uh, three new monster types, two new playable characters, 
And uh, it'll also be released with a free update for the game, for those, for just the game in general, adding the new No Hope difficulty. Because that's what you like to hear when you play a horror game, is there is no hope. Yeah, well, I mean, I I haven't played much Back for Blood, but what I have, it's a good game. I'm a fan of Killing Floor, I'm a fan of Left for Dead, they're good games, right? It's not hard to mess that up. <laughs> or not easy to mess that up. Yeah. In more patch news, Gran Turismo 7 just released their patch 1.11, bringing new changes that were promised two weeks ago when they announced that. The World Circuit, uh, the latter half of the rewards for that mode are now better, along with the arcade, custom, and online race modes rewards. So that's nice. The game is still online only, though, where everything is online. So if it goes down again for more than 24 hours, you won't be able to do anything. God, I love that. That's my favorite thing in my video games. Can't be <laughs> yep. Uh, in some remaster news, Max Payne 1 and 2. Those remasters are in the works at Remedy Entertainment and Rockstar. I like that. I don't necessarily like it for what rockstar did with their last remaster true definitely true but remedy is uh there again rockstar is more of just the publisher for max Payne. they are they are so it's remedy that we have it's remedies uh the one that we gotta worry about and again it just started from the sound of it so we probably won't see anything for a while that's true yeah well let's hope that rockstar doesn't push them to do anything similar to what they did with Grand Theft Auto. Dune Spice Wars is going into early access this month on April 26th. So now you can be a spicy warrior in the world of Dune. (laughs) This is coming from a guy who still hasn't seen it and knows nothing about it. Fair enough. I know enough about Dune to know that is not what a spice war is. (laughs) Fire. Uh, we got our announcement from THQ Nordic for their summer game showcase. That'll happen on August 12th. So there's a good chance we will learn more about the new SpongeBob game being developed by um, Purple Amp. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yes. Hopefully we'll see some gameplay. I'm excited because if, if it plays like Rehydrated, it'll be fun. Here's hoping. I mean, Rehydrated is a good game. So. Rehydrated is a good game. The original is better, but uh, it's still good for what it is. Ghost Recon Breakpoint will no longer be updated. Servers are going to be remain active, however. So the game is basically there. Uh, Ubisoft is ending Breakpoint, uh, but they're going to keep servers up just like they did with uh, Wildlands or the previous Ghost Recon entry that was before Breakpoint. So that's cool. Rip, rest in peace, Breakpoint. I don't know many people who even played you, though. Uh, on an April Fool's announcement that was actually real, a new Monkey Island game from the original developer is coming this year. Return to Monkey Island. Yeah, I'd heard about that. I'm very excited for that one. I love Monkey Island. And speaking of April Fool's announcements, because they actually just do this every April Fool's, I just missed this. Uh, Rivals of Aether 2 got announced and oh. is coming 2024 from the sound of it. Well, all right. that's That should be fun, too. 
And they're not doing well. Yeah, they've done an April Fool's announcement every year. I mean, they, they, from, from what I gathered, it's like every April Fool's they do their direct, like the Rivals of Aether direct. Yeah. Well, Rivals of Aether two is probably better than the dating sim. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In Epic Games news, Lego and Epic are teaming up. To make a safe metaverse space for children. All right, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't. Neither do I. I'm. I'm still like <laughs> the whole metaverse thing. I'm still so like, I, I don't know, just like partially uninterested in it, and the other part of just, I, I, I just don't care. I don't know why. I just don't care. <laughs> you remember Second Life? If you remember that game at all, it reminds me of that. And I I don't know how much I want to care. And things better than the Halo TV series, Halo's getting a cookbook in August of this year. Looks like so. something's going on my Christmas list. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, so now you can actually just cook some Halo-themed meals instead of watching the god-awful TV series. And uh, for also better things than the Halo TV series, Witcher is getting a season three, and that's officially in production now. Yes, I've heard a lot of good things about The Witcher. I have not seen it. I do not have Netflix. Same. I, I haven't seen it either. But I know it's but I know it's better than the Halo series, just from what I've heard. Uh, in some Fortnite news, and actually on the good side of things, they raised one hundred forty-four million dollars in fundraising for Ukraine. And it only took them two weeks. Let's oh go. yeah, it only took them two weeks. And Ivor and Ezio from Assassin's Creed are coming to the game as new skins. I dropped off of Assassin's Creed in Assassin's Creed, like after Ezio. Who's Ivor? Ivor is Valhalla. Okay, okay. I obviously know Ezio, but other than than Ezio, Altair. I only know Auditor. Altair, yes. yeah. Uh, yeah, three. We had uh, Connor in three. I do remember him. He was the game that I stopped playing on. We had Edward. Ken was Kenway. Kenway in four. That was Black Flag. Black Flag is where I dropped off. It was the last good one, and I just didn't play anything after that. I managed to in the in, in three, and I didn't learn this until actually earlier this year. When it came out, I played the entire game. You know, the end of the game where you walk into, like, the mystical whatever back in the present day, and that's supposed to be the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah, the, apparently I couldn't figure out that puzzle, and I was at that puzzle, and that's apparently the end of the game, and I didn't know it. I put it down, never picked it back up, literally about a minute from the end of the game. <laughs> wow. But yeah, no, everything passed Black Flag. I barely know the characters from the other games past that it's gotten silly i mean how is how in, in what way is a viking an assassin yeah right? yeah in, in what way are Ro the the romans were a bit of a, like after origins it just became hey what if like we just like i don't know do full frontal combat uh but in worse news than that dr disrespect's making an album that's way worse news than that. That's okay. Doesn't he already have one? 
He has a, a single, like a music single, called Gillette. That was released like back in 2018, I think. Okay. From like what I was doing on recent, I don't like. I said when I talked about Doctor Disrespect last time, I don't think I have a lot of respect for him anymore. Now that he's solved the whole his whole thing with Twitch, the man's just gone off the deep end. I mean, he's a man that wears ridiculous outfits on stream. I mean, that's his Twitch stream persona. You know what? I'm legit. I'm fine with that because you know people people there's VTubers out there and that's essentially the same thing. It's the same thing in a, in a way. Now the difference is, and I have a lot of friends, and by a lot I mean two, who do VTuber VTuber stuff, right? And the difference is they turn it off. It doesn't sound like Doctor Disrespect turns it ah. off. That's at least what I got from a bunch of when he was in the news years ago. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. But yeah, he's making an album. He's making NFTs. He's making a video game. He's uh, making bourbon. Making oh that too. I forgot. Yeah, I, th- this sounds like a bad recipe for something. And as a reference to non-bad recipes, the official Halo cookbook. <laughs> yes. Uh, lastly, in the world of video game news, uh, if you're in France. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron has a Minecraft server for his re-election campaign. It features a mix of rural and urban environments surrounding a recreation of the Palais de Le... Oh god, this French... French I'm, even though I am part Canadian, my French is still awful. Le Elysee. The official residence of the French president. Apparently it's Elysee. Elysee, okay. <laughs> And uh, that's going to go wrong. I mean, how many times has it been that they that any figurehead of any political party in any country tries to do something involving Minecraft that doesn't go horribly wrong? I didn't, mean, it's, Joe, didn't Joe Biden's campaign feature a Minecraft server? I believe it did, and I'm pretty sure that it got, well, blown up. And I wouldn't be surprised if this happens again. Uh, that's it for video game news. In the world of TCG, starting with Pokemon, Astral Radiance, the next TCG set, comes out May 27th, featuring Hisuian forms and a bunch of other things. And Pokemon Go, they're getting some TCG sets in summer, starting with waves, like in a bunch of waves, and those start up July 1st. In the world of Yu-Gi-Oh!, starting with some Master Duel news, first, the new Duel Pass is out now. Uh, with the big reward of reaching level 100 being a Moki Moki mate. Now you can duel with Moki Moki whenever and wh- wherever you want. I love Moki Moki. I love that. That's a good choice. Also, starting next week on the 11th, the brand new Synchro Festival will be starting up. Which is very soon considering the normal Rare Festival wrapped up. I think it was... Not too long ago. I think it was only last week that it wrapped up. So this is the fastest turnaround time between two festival events. So that's awesome because it means I don't have to grind ranked anymore for dual pass points. Because ranked is getting awful. It's the same shit over and over again. And I'm just here wanting to play my heroes and my speedroids and everything else. 
But no, all they play is fucking Eldritch or Lyralusk or Sky Strikers, and I'm getting sick of it. Fair enough. That's how it seems like a lot of these less regulated rule sets tend to go, though. Uh, as for just some TCG releases, Albash Strike, the structure deck, comes out April 14th. Tactical Masters on June 10th. Legendary Duelist Season 3 Collectible Dice and some packs on June 24th. And Power of the Elements on August 5th. And lastly, in Magic the Gathering news, uh, starting off, the Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate set, that arrives in June. That is the next Magic the Gathering D&D crossover set. And we also got some news of, of the Streets of Capenna coming later this month. It's inspired by Art Deco and America's Roaring Twenties. What if the demons had mafia? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that. I love what I've seen of that so far. I haven't seen much of it. I, I'm not huge on the demon aspect, but I love Art Deco. I love magic. I'm ready for it. I'm way here for it. Yes, it looks cool. And in board game news, Blade Runner, the role-playing game, that will be released at retail this fall. The Kickstarter campaign for the game begins May 3rd. So now you can uh, get some Blade Runner tabletop stuff, which will be kind of cool. It'll be exciting for those who are into Blade Runner. And that's it for the gaming news this week. Jumping ahead to next week, here's what should be on your radar from April 11th to April 15th. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. No new releases on the Monday, but on Tuesday, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim comes to the Switch. Planet Zoo Wetlands Animal Pack comes to the DLC, comes to the PC. Uragun comes to the PC. No releases on Wednesday, but on Thursday, Cat Cafe Manager comes to the Switch and PC. Nobody Saves the World comes to the PS5 and PS4. Road 96 is getting put on the Xboxes and the Playstations. A phenomenal indie game from what I have heard. Abris comes to PC. Bush Hockey League comes to the Switch. Crime Sight comes to the PC. Tor and Tormented Souls comes to the Switch. And on Friday, Taito Milestones comes to the Switch. Any thoughts on any of those glovers? I looked, I hadn't heard of Cat Cafe Manager, and I looked it up, and I was expecting the internet to do worse. It's an actual cat cafe. It's not cat girls. It's not any anime thing. It's <laughs> just run a cafe, and there are cats. Yeah. I love it. I love it. They did a good job for once. It's nothing. Nothing degenerate this time. <laughs> this time. Just wait, because I, I hear the sequel is uh, Cat Cafe Girl Manager. You know, well, that that would just be the Cafe Girl, not the Cat Girl. Oh, right. Sorry. Cat Girl Cafe Manager. Oh. There you go. <laughs> uh, God. I, I vomit a bit just talking about, just putting those words in my mouth. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those are the releases. No, nothing really super big next week. If you're if you're a Planet Zoo player, the new Wetlands Animal Pack is nice. And uh, Row 96 coming to basically what it hasn't been released on is nice as well. I might pick that up. Cat Cafe Manager actually does look very cute. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's on the Switch too. Yeah. Switch and PC for that. Not my kind of game, but if you're into those sorts of manager games like Roller Coaster Tycoon, Stardew, anything like that. Yes. And you like uh, cats. 
Yes, yeah, you should probably like cats. If you're a dog person, I don't know if this one's for you. Yeah, this is a dog cafe manager, unfortunately. I hope they make that next, though. Yes. Uh, well, with that, it's time for us to now jump into our main focus for this week's episode. Here's what we're talking about this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And starting us off, we're talking about some competitive gaming and speed running. And I feel like we should start this off with the speedrunner side of things. So what got you into speedrunning, Clubbers? Uh, I have kind of a long-standing history with, well, actually both competitive gaming and speedrunning, but more recently speedrunning. I had this on and off being a viewer for nearly four years, I want to say. I was watching, when I got my first job in 2015, 2016, I remember watching Clint Stevens because he was the only one live when I was at work because I worked at like midnight. And that was kind of my first introduction was him doing Ocarina of Time. And I thought that was a lot of fun. But that actually wasn't my very first introduction. My very first introduction was GD SGDQ 2014. Fino did a Twilight Princess run and that run captivated me from when I tuned in, which was unfortunately towards the end, until the run was over. That was just a very fun run to watch. So I had this constantly watching, lurking. I never really chatted even. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, you know what? I'm not going out four days a week anymore. Let's do this instead. And now I'm doing this. Nice. And how how has speedrunning been treating you? You run Twilight Princess. Yeah, I've run multiple games, actually, in the past couple of years. I People know me, if they know me, they know me for Twilight Princess. But I my first speed game was Super Mario Sunshine, and I've also run Dark Souls, because I want to just try the games that I liked. So Dark Souls, Sunshine, Twilight Princess, they're all games in my top five games of all time. I just wanted to try out playing all of them. But what got me into Twilight Princess, like I just said, I was captivated by a run that I watched in 2014. It's, I, I don't know how much you know about Twilight Princess. I know that you've talked with Ike a little bit, but I yes. don't really remember there was if there was much talking about the actual run. We talked, <laughs> there the, the one, I think from what I remember, the one main thing we talked about was the boomerang sword and that that lock on exploit that was one of the main things we talked about we talked about hold the dog percent hold the dog's pretty cool it is pretty cool (laughs) i don't mean to be rude towards ike so i mean this in the nicest way possible when i mean when i say i consider myself to be a lot better at explaining things than he is and i think that's part of the reason when he did his showcase he had me on too yeah, boomerang LJAs are a thing. There's a there's some pretty basic stuff there with lock target locking. It's pretty easy. I mean, the the run's fun. The run's a lot of fun. There's a specific those are called LJAs, those boomerang long jump attacks as they're called. I saw one of those. There's a specific one in City in the Sky and I was just taken away. I saw that and I was like, "Oh my god, you can do this?" That's really cool. That's really cool. And it wasn't anything particularly special. I obviously have done the same trick myself. 
It's not hard by any means. It's actually kind of annoying because there's a Kargarok that likes to hit you. But it's it just looks cool and it feels cool to do. And that's one of the main reasons that I got into the game is everything feels cool to do. Everything's fun. It's very kinetic. It's so awesome. Very awesome run. What that said, what are what are some other parts of, like what are some of your other like favorite like things to do within the speed run? Within TP specifically, yeah. I so I mainly like to run. My main category is all dungeons. It's what I'm. I'm like the only runner for that category. Although I'm taking a break from the game right now, but it's so the the reason that I brought that up is because it's. That's what I like to do in the game is the dungeons. The dungeons are fun to navigate through. I can say with confidence that the worst dungeon in the game, in my opinion, is Goron Mines. And I love Goron Mines. <laughs> you just walk across a ceiling slowly for a minute and that completely detracts from the experience and that's why I don't like it. But everything in that game is just cool fun to do the dungeons have so many unique in interactions you have so many of these small little interactions and a lot of people like to say that twilight princess is an unbreakable game i don't know if you know much about the zelda community but there it's common for people to say that because we still have a three hour any percent oh it's we're the only Zelda game that hasn't been shattered, or 3D Zelda game that hasn't been shattered like that yet. Wow. Now Skyward Sword HD came out this last year. That's kind of unfounded. It Twilight Princess isn't programmed well at all. It's just well enough that we haven't completely broken it by chance. It's There's so many dumb things that can happen with the game. It's, there's so many cool and unique interactions that you can do. Back in time is the glitch that everyone knows. I mean, it's such a cool little thing to do at the beginning of the run. There's map glitch is one that a lot of people know if they know anything even a little bit more about the game where you deactivate load zones. You can There's a glitch called map glitch where you deactivate load zones. You can go, th and that also counts void planes. So you can just go through all of these areas and, or all of these, but it's only used like twice, three times in rando and just move around, move through places that you're not supposed to, cause these sequence breaks, but nothing's super major. Actually, the big, biggest break in the game is early city in the sky, which is, and the, the entire community would disagree with me on this, but it's not a glitch. Oh? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not. It's in the sense that it's banned in glitchless, yeah, it's a glitch. But all you're doing is transforming in a specific spot and mashing A. You're not getting out of bounds. You're clipping through collision oh. <laughs> from inbounds to inbounds. And it's not even hard to do. God damn. <laughs> but it saves, like, when it was first discovered, it saved, like, over two hours. It's... What?! That's a that's a huge whoa. So it skipped half of Snowpeak Ruins because you need the ball and chain to beat the game, but otherwise you don't need to beat it. Skipped Temple of Time, 
skipped the entire quest to getting the skybook and getting all of the letters and all of that so that you could move the statue to get to City in the Sky. Skipped all of that. Jesus Christ. It's a very cool, very, very cool run. Now, that specific glitch, and this is a reason that I run all dungeons, one of the reasons, all dungeons is very unique in that it never get. There's a very specific thing to... There's two kinds of warping in the game, I'll say. There's what we call map warping and midna warping. Basically, you talk to midna with Z and you warp away or you open up the map directly and warp away. Well, you actually get those at different times in the game. Right. And all dungeons never gets map warping. Just doesn't. And that sounds very basic on, like... Well, most level, you're just like, okay, cool, you just press Z, congrats, what difference does that make? It actually makes it so that you can't do early city in the traditional sense, and it makes it so that you can't do map glitch, it makes it so that you have to so you have to do map glitch in non-traditional ways, oh. and actually, the early city thing, it's... It, soft locks until this last summer soft locked the game and you couldn't beat the game until it was figured out a way to work around it that requires beating every dungeon because if you haven't beaten every dungeon until that point the states aren't set up to where you're in that skybook quest or i guess specifically you have to have beaten temple of time which to beat you have to have beaten snow peak ruins which to have access to snow peak ruins you have to have done well Actually, you don't have to do much to get Snow Peak Ruins. You just have to get there. So I guess you could theoretically not do Goron Mines. But it's it creates this unique interaction that causes you to have to do all of the dungeons and lays out this really cool route. So that interaction with how the game works that you have for routing is super unique, super clever. I love it so much. That said, I have hated the game recently. <laughs> is it just because of like the, just a burnout, or is it something else? It's it's mostly a burnout. It's mostly a burnout. So I've been. Uh, this is extremely recent for me. I had this conversation on Saturday. No, no, it's Friday. Uh, Wednesday, and we. I had this conversation about burnout. Basically, when the new year turned around, I said, hey, I'm taking a break. I've played this game pretty much daily for over a year. I need to take a break. Then I didn't. I moved back to Sunshine, which was the first speed game that I did. I mentioned that earlier, yeah. and I hated it. Okay. I hated it so much. It was not fun. So I came back, and I played that. It's now April. I've not had fun. And I decided, hey, I need an extended break. I'm not done with Twilight Princess. I love the game a lot. Oh my god, do I love that game. But sometimes you need a break, you know? Oh yeah, I, it's definitely a big thing. Like, especially for like speedrunners who, who kind of really only play one game a lot of the time. Exactly. So, exactly. What are you? What's the plan? Is it uh, Dark Souls runs, or is it going to be some other stuff? Or what's the plan? No, it's definitely not Dark Souls runs, and I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to talk some shit about the Dark Souls community. But 
Uh, I've been learning. I actually have it on right now. I was doing it before we started this whole thing. I've been learning Ocarina of Time Glitchless. Oh, okay. Because Ocarina of Time is a cool game. I love that game. I've played. It's actually probably my most replayed game. But glitches in that game are aggressively breaky. I'm sure you know. Yes. I'm sure most people know. So I'm doing glitchless and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm about halfway, a little bit less than halfway through the route right now. And it's just all been fun except for Ice Cavern. Fuck Ice Cavern. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I'll have a lot of fun with that. I was actually really wanting to do Dark Souls, but, and I know that everyone will look at this and say, or hear this and say, just don't submit to the leaderboard, which is what I did the first time I ran, a dark, ran dark Souls. But Dark Souls bans some ridiculous things that I just don't agree with. Oh. Like, it's not allowed to, in a Dark Souls run, to have online mode enabled. Okay. Which is a very weird choice, if you know Dark Souls. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you can't... Obviously, you can't summon someone to help you with your run. Yeah. That's pretty That's obvious. pretty obvious. But you're just not allowed to have it on at all. So I'm not allowed to have it on to look at the funny messages people left. Oh. And that was something that gave a lot of appeal in the run to me. Is, well, okay, here's a little bit of downtime while we wait for this cutscene that's playing right now. Because all of the cutscenes are in-game for the most part. Let's read some of these goofy messages. No, it's just downtime. It's nothing. And the community seems to have this obsession with the original game, right? They they don't like the remastered version to the point that it doesn't really feel like there is a remastered community, uh... which I didn't... And if you don't know, you can't get a hold of Prepare to Die Edition these days unless you buy a bootleg copy or you... Get, get it illegally in some way. Yeah. Right? Or you already had it. So I wanted to... I ran the remastered version. But every single interaction with the community... I'm not going to go into any specifics about any beef that I had with them or anything. But there is. It, it felt like a lot of the response to asking for help was... Why are you doing this run? Run the original. Don't run remaster. I don't like that response. Yeah, that's that's now that's toxic. I mean, it's Dark Souls; they're toxic. Yeah, but yeah. I I did not like it. I I hope that the community gets better. I've been told that other Dark Souls games, the communities are better, like Bloodborne, Dark Souls Two. But I really like the first game, and I know that I could just run without paying attention to the community at all, but. That detracts from the experience. That's also a community-based experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, that is. Now, here's a question. Who, who's more toxic? The Dark Souls speedrun community or Rick and Morty fans? Ooh. <laughs> Rick and Morty fans, probably. Okay, okay. okay. So, I mean, different... Those are different forms of toxicity, right? True. <laughs> one's, a, one's a lot more aggressive and a lot more in your face about it. And then the other one is getting on the counter at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Yeah. <laughs> pickle Rick! He turns himself yep. into a pickle! He, he sure does. That's some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Now, I will say, the people who took that stuff and flipped it on its head in an ironic sense a couple of years ago, I love yes, that. Ab- yes, it is great. Like, the fuck... the I, I don't know what it is. I feel like the Pickle Rick joke of just the... He turns himself into a pickle. Funniest shit I've ever seen. I feel like that's been memed to death at this point. That is just... I, I don't know. I still laugh at it. But, like, it's definitely become, like, the most tame part about that whole community. It It is. But that's also definitely because of how overdone it was i mean it went through the full process it went people joked about it because it was cringe to people did it unironically because they'd been doing it for a while back to being cringe and now it's kind of wherever it is in some kind of ether (laughs) so aside from ocarina of time have you looked at wanting to speedrun any other games or was there like a process of like what made you want to speed run Ocarina over some other types of games that you were looking at? What was the whole? I've been looking at Ocarina of Time because I explained earlier, I've played the game a lot, but I also said that I watched Clint Stevens doing it. I still watch a lot of Ocarina of Time. That's why I chose it. But there are other games that I was interested in and my act- actually what I plan to do, I don't know how long I'm going to run Ocarina of Time for. If I have fun with it, Maybe I'll run it for two years. Who knows? <laughs> but that's basically what I did with Twilight Princess. I was like, you know, I'm going to try a few games. And then I got the first try after I said, I'm done with Dark Souls. I'm going to try a couple of different titles. And then I played TP for a year and a half. I have a couple of different games that I want to try. And I want to give them all a fair shot, right? I want to give a, a little bit of time to Ocarina of Time, see if I like it. If I don't, I also want to just try out the games that I enjoy watching. I like watching Ocarina of Time. I like watching Majora's Mask. I like watching Wind Waker HD. There are some that I watch and I love watching that I would never want to do. Yeah. Like Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) You see, I'm as a guy who did, uh, who watches a lot of Sonic and who's had a lot of Sonic people on the podcast, you know, I did give SA2 a try. I mean, I, I got a, I, I I got some skips. I feel like some skips are completely ridiculous, and I'm not a fan of wanting to learn every fucking piece. In exactly, that's my big that's my big strife. And I hit a sub goal recently that I have to go for a top 100 time now in the game because you know I want to speed Ooh, run it. What is top 100 in that game? Uh that's actually a good question. What is top 100 in that game? I'm in top. I don't even know if I'm in top 200 anymore, or I was just barely on the cusp of top 200. I'm not even sub 50 yet. That's all I know. There you go. I mean, we're talking hero story, right? Yeah, hero story. 100th place is, without loads, 2814. Okay, that's not awful, but that's like still has a lot of major skips that I'm not good at. This game has so many. Wow. I did not realize how run this game. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's very popular. Very, very popular. Wow. All right. I respect Dawn quite a bit more. Dude, Dawn. (laughs) I love the guy. Fucking great guy. Fucking crap. Oh my God. 
He's I done love that guy. so, he's so much. nice. Yeah, he's such, he's so great. I love Don. <laughs> Don is a homie and a half. He definitely is. I mean, but that's so weird to look at. I'll look at that and because I'm coming from Zelda, and Zelda is a well-known speedrun, but people don't do it because it's generally pretty weird and hard to do. It's also a right? longer cat longer category for the most part. Usually. I mean, if you look at, yeah, I guess if you use Ocarina of Time, I don't know what the most run Ocarina of Time category is, but it's probably Defeat Ganon. Give me one second. Yeah. Because I know that, like, like Sonic speedruns, they're, unless you're doing all stories, you're under, like, 30 minutes, like, optimized, you're under an hour for most of them. I know that a lot of the Zelda stuff, like, like you were saying with Twilight Princess, that one's still a three hour. Never mind. Defeat Ganon has way more runs than SA2. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's over a thousandth place is a 35 minute run i'm sorry a thousandth so place is 30 what the fuck so it's still someone doing everything in the run just slowly what's world record for defeat ganon no srm 16 minutes 34 seconds 200 milliseconds by lazutz lazutz is amazing Holy it's an shit! An interesting person. He streams the Dgen time, but he's amazing. At the <laughs> game. <laughs> Gotta love what you. Hey, Dgen time. Hey, Dgen times. Dgen gamers. We're all. We all have a little bit of Dgen in us. Hey, my streams go into Dgen times, so I'm completely with it. There's 1,061 total submissions. My God! Wow! Wow! Holy shit! I didn't realize it was that big of a scale. Like. I, I was thinking maybe like 500 people. No, holy shit. A thousand. And wow. Holy crap. My world's upside down now. That's a lot of gamers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not the category that I'm going to, but that's definitely daunting coming from, cause I'm my eighth, I think in TP. Give me one moment. I have an unverified run because it didn't have audio. If I, Okay, so I'm 8th. If I had that run verified, I would be 7th. So, t top 10 runner in all dungeons. Yeah, I'm top 10 in all dungeons, but that's out of less than 35. So, <laughs> I mean, you still always, as always, you get up there. You have people who have, they were good runners back in the day that quit, so they had really top times for their day. You have people who've run the game more than just a couple of times you still have to grind to get there but i can't imagine the depth that you would have to go to to get top 10 in something with over a thousand people gotta just uh gotta smoke that crack cocaine and sit down in front of that crt and game baby <laughs> there you have to play within 30 seconds of the world record to do that apparently my god there. 32 seconds if we're being technical okay then uh those guys are cracked kind of cracked there they are yeah when you start wait when your run starts to have to have milliseconds on there and it's not less than 10 minutes yeah that's something that does def that definitely says something holy shit i think this i think this is actually a perfect segue into the competitive side of gaming 
Um, so at the top of this, you said that you were a bit of a competitive uh, gamer. A gamer at the top of this. Uh, what did you? What did you play? Uh, I'm gonna sound really nerdy and slightly date myself, despite being pretty young. Uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, hey, I have a I have a friend who played uh, WoW for a bit, and he's yeah. probably young. He's I, probably younger than you. Well, I don't know how old he is, but I quit the game here a little less than two years ago. It was in 2020. It was just before lockdowns. So it was actually over two years That's ago now. Smart. And yeah. <laughs> and I started playing the game in, I don't know how old you think I am, so I don't know how terrifying of a statement this is, but I started playing March 8th of 2006. I know the exact day that I started playing. Okay, yeah, no, that's, yeah, no, that, yeah, he's, and yeah, I, I would think. I am uh, 24. Okay, yeah, he is younger. So. Okay, okay. Wait, oh, wait, we're the same age, Jesus. Yeah, so think how old you were in 2006. We were eight. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing the game as an eight-year-old. Wow, that's... I I actually don't re- think of it as March 8th, 2006. I always have to do a little bit of remembering. I remember it was March 8th when I was eight. So that's why I remember it. All the eights. <laughs> exactly. Well, March is the third month, but yeah. <laughs> so how? So starting with WoW, how did, so what? what is the competitive side of WoW then? There's two sides, and I've been in both sides. I've been decently high up in both sides of WoW. There's PvP, obviously, which is arena-based combat, where you have your 1s, 2s, 3s, and 5s, right? 1s is boring. I didn't like it. Basically, you have a team of that many people versus a team of that many gotcha. people, right? I didn't know I, I didn't simple. know it had a PvP mode. I thought it was just, go explore the world and fight shit, and Leroy Jenkins, that one fucking place. There was a, there's actually a lot, of, uh, a lot of interest in the PvP side, especially nowadays, because people are kind of upset with the PvE side. PVE standing for player versus environment, which is more of what you were talking about. And yeah, so I did that a decent amount in... I really just ended up doing that in Mists of Pandaria and in Warlords of Draenor. And those are expansions, obviously. Yeah, I, I, know, I remember <laughs> but, seeing commercials for Mists of Pandaria. Yeah, it's when they got pandas. Yeah. Although, actually in pandas, I did both because it's actually just a really good expansion a lot of people quit because they thought it was they, they got the gamer rage bull oh, this is a fucking bullshit yeah, I, re- yeah, coming, I remember hearing i long. remember hearing people just complain about that i'm like but pandas well from there from the perspective though they were in content for a raid called dragon soul for over a year at that point when it was announced dragon soul was this raid to go and kill the world render Neltharian, Deathwing, the Destroyer, however you want to call him, this big, badass, world-ending dragon, right? And at that point, the content had been done to death, but it's this whole badass sequence, right? And we'd had this as the end of the expansions previously. We had the Lich King. I fucking love the Lich King. We had Kill Jaden, which wasn't very fun because he was just sort of being put back into a portal. But we had though we had these really, really fun 
kind of impactful things going on. And then Blizzard was like, yeah, you're going to go meet some pandas. <laughs> so I, I can see where they're coming from, but I still played and I loved it. Oh my god, I loved it. But I definitely understand where the rage is coming from. It's a bit unwarranted. Right. But yeah, so I did that where I actually mainly did threes. It's a group of three people. You play against three other people. Go figure, right? Pretty simple. Then there's the PvE side, which gets into the rating, right? And what a competitive rating aspect looks like. It's pushing for beating certain versions of it at world first, realm first, whatever first times, right? And it's it's a lot more leisurely. It's it reminds me a lot of like speed running, in the sense that it can be competitive if you're at a top time in that way, but it's not as competitive in the whole sense that if you just have this ten man group that you just want to go and do your raid every week and you have fun with it, congrats, you're having fun with it, and that's kind of how I see speed running too, right? Speedrunning is very much so competitive in like, oh my god, you're going for the world record. You have to be within 32 seconds of the record to get top 10 in this category. You need to be really good at the game. But you can also just have fun, right? <laughs> you can also just be relaxed, have fun, play a video game for however many hours and just chill, have fun with it. And I like to have a blend of both of those, right? I don't if I ever get to a top level in a game, I want myself to not lose that same relaxing sense. Because a lot of what I do is, yes, I do my speedruns, and yes, I I mean, I am top 10 in all dungeons, but to me, like, I'm not at record level yet, right? Where I would really like to, while being more critical of myself, not lose that whole sense of what I've kind of built up, right? I, I don't want to lose the chill, the conversations, anything like that. I don't want to turn into what you see a lot of top runners being, which is either offline or no mic, no cam streaming, where they're just doing the run. Yeah. That, that, that's uninteresting to me. Yeah. I, it's always, it is much nicer to see like the personality behind the run. And it's, it's, it is much nicer. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's what makes GDQ as fun as it, as it is. And it's what makes some GDQ runs not great. Right? Sure, they're playing the game amazingly, but, but they're they have a personality yeah, they're of, a, boring of a wet floor sign. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I like, I think like a good, like on the like entertaining side, at least with, uh, of recent times was KD4's run for SA2. Yeah, I I've never talked with, met, or even watched any of Katie's runs, but I've heard that she is amazing at what she does. And personality-wise, it's it, just, it it's just memes. Like... It is the dankest yeah. the dankest memes <laughs> you'll see. Anywhere on Twitch.tv. That's, that's kind of what I was going to say. It seems more like absorbed in memes than anything. But you know, that's not it's bad. It's not bad. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, but what made the run it, like even different. better was Seraphim's commentary of and how Seraphim did, commentated that run was made it like 
10 times better as well. You know, I have not looked into that. Is that something that's on YouTube? That yeah, it should be on the GV. It was, oh, when it was last year's? Last year, either S or A GVQ. It was, it was, it's done. It'll, it'll st- I don't know if they changed it to under Katie4's name because Katie did it when they were still known as Dage. Definitely did come up, so I will look at that later. But yeah, that, that's kind of how I. I don't like the idea of making it this whole competitive thing because people get really serious about competition. And let's be real, take a step back. You're playing a child's video game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even Call of Duty, because let's be real, that major- the majority of people who play Call of Duty are children. That's the exact opposite, where they're not playing a child's game, they're children playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Def- yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, definitely. I see a lot of people who harp on... T- on oh, I need to get this time or I need to get this place in running. I myself am competitive with my runs, but I see it as a sort of self-competition, introspective competition as opposed to, well, Going, whatever. Yeah, instead of is. wanting to fucking fight other people, it's, I'm fighting myself to fuck, get a good time. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'll I'll make a meme of it and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm racing this guy. I've been I did any percent before I stopped doing TP. I was like, yep, I'm racing for sub three. I'm trying to beat a couple of different people there. Am I gonna be able to do it? Who knows? But I then I I really am looking at it like, oh my god, I've beaten these times in these segments. How am I not beating the how am I not beating my previous self? I'm better than my previous self. I'm not comparing myself. I am comparing myself to other people, but I'll say it like this: There's two things that go into running. You have your practice, where you should compare to others. It's healthy to compare to others because that's how you get better. But then you have your runs, where you should be comparing to your practice self, right? Where you've done this before, you're theoretically better at the game now you should be able to match up to it. And that's where I get a lot of my motivation from for running is to beat myself. Yeah, it's definitely a... I feel like that's a lot healthier. Well, yeah, I mean, if I sat here like, oh, God damn it, I'm not able to beat Demon's Time. It's like, well, yeah, he's got uh, 10 years of experience running this game over me, and he's really good at it and has been pretty much the entire time so yeah definitely that inner competition is it's it's good you just gotta know a good balance of it and not drive yourself mad because of it as well exactly and i mean you also have to find a nice balance of it you have to balance life you have to balance all of this stuff i was actually thinking about for myself how I used to do when I was better at WoW, how we would constantly be doing dungeons, be practicing, well, not just practicing raids, because you can't really do that, but more practicing the teamwork aspect by doing dungeons with small groups, right? And applying that sort of thing in its proper way, in its proper translation to speedrunning is something that I think is important to work on find a way to properly 
practice properly be yourself but also be aware of how you can get better and what you need to do to get better definitely is there anything else you want to add to speedrunning or com- competitive video games or anything before we move on to the second topic? Uh, pretty much just it's a game. <laughs> like, I already said that, but really, there's so many people that get really upset, and I'm not completely exempt, right? I'll, everyone gets their heated gamer rage moments, but don't let it get to you, right? It's a game. I'll be upset in the moment. I won't be upset two minutes later because I went and grabbed a cracker from from like the cabinet, and that was suddenly a lot better. What kind of what kind of cracker are we talking about? Uh, just like a basic one that you get at like Kroger's. Oh, not animal crackers, Satch. No, unfortunately, I do have Dino Nuggets. Oh, Dino. Nuggets. Now those <laughs> they take a little bit to cook, but those. And I need to figure out with when I get this official Halo cookbook a proper way to make dino. <laughs> yes. Okay, moving on to our second topic. Uh, we're talking mental and physical habits, healthy mental and physical habits for gaming. So what are some that you've developed? Yeah, so I've mentally, we already kind of talked about this. It's a You have to have a strong mental fortitude going into well, any of this stuff, speedrunning, gaming, frankly, just any competitive thing that you do, anything that you do that you're trying to be better at. It doesn't have to be gaming. It doesn't have to be speedrunning. It can be fucking drawing. And, you know, you need to have a strong mental fortitude. And for me, that's never been very difficult. But something that people don't often realize is how physical health impacts mental health, right? Not just, oh, yeah, no, you just need to not be lazy and go and go actually do it. That's not what I mean. Sure, if you want to hit that nail into the wall with a nuke, go right ahead and say that. Ooh, but That's a spicy nail. Yeah, it's a very spicy <laughs> nail. <laughs> it's now uh, molten and on the ground. Yep, and but, uh, your house is gone, too. Yep, that too. <laughs> but it's it's a fine-tuned thing, right? You know, if I'm I perform better when I when I'm speedrunning, when I eat better. And it's not because I'm, you know, oh wow, now I've eaten better. Now I'm more physically apt and I can perform better in my speedrunning. No, it your brain is happier. <laughs> Because you ate some vegetables. You ate your broccoli. Brain is now happy. And when brain's happy, you're able to focus more. Your acuity goes up. Your, well, your hand-eye coordination goes up from a physical sense, as a lot of people know when making the analog with sports there. There's so much that just gets added. And that just translates for everything that you can do. I mean, I'm bad about working out, but working out, (laughs) eating well doing all of the things that your parents tried to get you to do when you were a kid. It's, it's 100% not the only secret, but a secret to a better performance. Like being, uh, it's 
a cliche, but being the best you can be brings out the best you, right? That's obvious. It's cliche, but it's true. What are some of the, were there any hurdles that you had to overcome with these getting into the habits? (laughs) Uh, I just said I'm bad at exercising, (laughs) but what, what I do is, so I, I, and you know, that's a hurdle that I can talk about mentally too, because I literally just did it. So as far as exercising goes, I'm, I say I'm bad at it, but I stretch every morning. I have some basic body weight workouts that I do. I do squats. I do pushups. I do planks. I do some basic stuff to keep myself kind of healthy. But to me, I look at that and I say, well, I've been better in the past. I've been more in shape. I used to go to the gym. I used to go to a rock climbing gym and that was when I was in the best shape of my life. I also love rock climbing. So why don't I keep doing that? Well, the rock climbing gym closed for COVID and it's also expensive to go to nowadays, but it's, there's so much to it where you need to look at that and say, I can do better. How do I do better and go beyond that and do better. Right. But there's the toxicity sense of that too. And I've already said it twice. I'm bad about that. Does that sound bad to you that I keep a relatively steady exercise routine? No, hopefully not. It's that's better than most people do or some people do, but it's, it creates this negative mindset when you say that you need to be doing better, that you need to be doing better. Doesn't have anything to do with doing actually doing better in that sense because it creates a negative mindset that makes you do worse. I'm doing fine. I would like to do better, but that mental barrier saying I need to be doing better is creating that negative effect that causes me to then not want to. That that big hurdle and that's a hurdle for probably everyone, right? That is probably the biggest hurdle that you can come across in any sort of thing like that. Anything, period. Learn to... It's a weird thing. The last time I talked to someone about this, we basically said, you you need to love yourself for who you are, but recognize that you can be better. And love that you just as much. Not more, not less, just as much so that you're willing to transition from one to the other and not feel better or worse about yourself because you shouldn't. Definitely. I think adding to the whole doing what you can with the workout thing, having that in the back of the mind of wanting to do better is good. Not, not needing, but wanting to do better. Start it slow, like get into it. Like, Make sure that you have like the and to start just like if you want to start doing those things, like keep the mental mindset of like, hey, I'm doing what I can right now, and as time goes on, I'll be able to do more. Exactly, because and there's this free app that I downloaded for. It wasn't for me. I was going to do it with an X of mine, so I never really got around to it because I've never been a runner. But it's called C25K. And that is a, it's called, it's the abbreviation is for couch to 5k, right? A 5k run. Oh, wow. And it goes through someone who doesn't do it. So couch to 
being able to do a 5k. It has a routine for you laid out. It's very beginner friendly for just getting into that basic routine. And it's a nice bit of accountability. Hey, did I do this today? If not, maybe I should do it. Because it starts out with your basic 20 minute jog, right? If you can't jog for 20 minutes, work up to jogging for 20 minutes. Jog for 10. Build your way up to that. It's, And that's not even to say, hey, you need to do these things. It's not the only way or <laughs> it's not the only way to get to a, a better mind space. And it's not even necessary to get to a better mind space if you're happy where you're at. But for anyone interested in those sorts of things, that's completely how you do it is you take it one step at a time. That's more for the physical one for us for the couch to 5k, obviously. Yeah. Mentally, there's a lot of people like to talk about, hey, there's these self-help books that are super useful. I'm not going to knock self-help books, but I'll tell you right now, I don't like to use them. And I'd like to argue that I have my head on pretty straight because it's not the most important thing to do is, is not to pay $25 for someone else to tell you the answer because the answer is already there. You just need to figure you it out. Could probably co- uh, you could probably find an, an illegal copy of it on Google. That. <laughs> <laughs> that too. If you're not good at Googling, there's some secrets to it, and they're not that hard of secrets. They're just not talked about. <laughs> uh, the secret is go to the library and see if it's there. That, that too. too. But go to your local don't, library. Don't, here, here's, here's what I'll say. Don't spend don't spend money on a self help book. Go to the library first, and then if they don't have it, uh, see if somebody go to your it online library. Yeah. Cough cough. Russian websites are uh, very bad about it these days. I, I, I guess really one other thing I want to bring up, and this was a question. It was it, I would I was I wanted to put it in the community corner, but honestly, it made more sense to put it in here. It was a question submitted by our homie of the podcast, Ninja Frog. What are some of the best ways to start getting into like the mental and physical habits? I think we should specifically maybe focus more on the mental because we've we've kind of covered everything. With we, the physical. We've talked about the physical. I even said an app. Yeah, name. exactly. I don't know if it's on iPhone, but it is on Android. I have a Samsung phone. Uh, mental habits. It's and that's something that I've worked on myself over the past few years. Is I I think that the main thing to do, and this is true this is a lot more general than just getting yourself into a better mind space i'm going to use an example of the last time that i went through a bad breakup that puts everyone in a pretty bad mind space that's no denying that right and what i found i i was best off doing i don't even know how i associated with the group that i ended up associating with but it was a group of people who were into Apex, who were like competitive Apex Legends players. I'm very much so not really an, F- an FPS guy, right? I'm decent at them. I'll play Valorant. I'll play Apex. It's fun, but I'm not competitive at it at all. And their whole thing was you need to love yourself because you're not good enough for anyone 
if you're not happy with yourself because and this is obviously in a, in a relationship framed point no one's gonna want to be with you if you're not wanting to be with yourself right so starting from there start from figuring out what you want what do you want to be who do you want to be where do you want to be in x amount of time i'm not saying the interview question where do you want to be in five years where do you want to be next week mentally who do you who do you want to be i don't like my current job you know what i'm doing i'm probably putting in my two-week notice here soon even though i don't have a job lined up because why would i keep with something that's killing my mentality right so it's there's this whole, and that's probably extreme. Yeah. But <laughs> where do you want to be this next whole... week? Gaming. That too. That that's something that we haven't talked about at all. <laughs> you that you kind of. Uh, I mean, but here, but, here, but like, imply. I think a big part of that is like just having like these mental and physical things. They translate to gaming because you're, if you're not going to focus good if you're not healthy, you're not going to be calm or think rationally for like tough tougher like intelligent games if you're angry all you're the time calm. and not in a good <laughs> mental space it kind of correlates really with the real life thing a lot more than we think yeah it it does and that's mentally getting into every getting into your own mind space people like to say meditation is a good way to frame your mind and I don't do any meditation at all. I'm not going to say, oh my god, it solved my life. But there's what I do that has a lot of similarities to meditation is, and everyone does this, but I feel like I've adapted it from a negative thing to a more positive thing. When I'm trying to go to bed, I think about my life. I think about who I am, what I want, where I want to be, what's going on in my life. It can be anything from wow, I really was struggling with that trick earlier. I need to practice that tomorrow to, oh my God, are we alone in the universe? It's <laughs> You see, I, I I would think about my life when I go to bed, but then it's like, hey, remember that one thing you did in third grade? And then it's just, that's the oh. That's the negative. You can take that and realize, hey, you're a different person than you were in the third grade. You need to take that and say, well, who can I be? Who can I be that's better than that? If you did something embarrassing that day, what can you do that's better than that, right? Fig figure out where you feel like you want to be and be your own person. That's really just all there is to it. I've been kind of saying that the entire time. I, I, I've got a little speechless, honestly. Uh, you should really be a... Um, what's the thing? A good... Um, what are they called? Oh, words. Uh... Motivational speaker. Yes. I've. If we want to talk about that for a second, <laughs> I am not a motivational speaker. If anyone who is listening to this thinks immediately that my streams are motivational, they are not. They're degenerate. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the opposite side of. This is Glover's uh, in the daylight hours. It's. 
completely it's no this is also what my stream's about my stream just talks about anything if i'm being completely honest just if you go there yeah we'll talk about some self-help stuff we've also talked about leather conditioner for an hour that's not degenerate at all that's just leather conditioner do you know what leather conditioner is it's a thing to clean leather couches with huh do you think that could clean we talked do you about think it? leather conditioner can clean the new uh sonic controllers are they made of leather uh no probably not then I would probably recommend uh, traditional cleaning things. Sonic controllers? What do... Yeah, have you not seen the fuzzy Sonic controllers that Xbox showed off that they're giving away in a contest? Oh, for the Sonic 2 movie? I Yes, those, those things. things. I I I don't want to I don't want to eat Cheetos. Well, if if I I am scared that somebody's going to eat Cheetos while playing with those and then you're going to have to like shampoo them. Oh, you know they are. <laughs> Uh, there are ways to clean though to clean fur though. I mean, you can't just wash it. Yeah, but like, you... there are ways to clean it. <laughs> uh, but... Dry clean only. Dry clean only. Uh, video game controller. Go, go take your controller with your suit to the dry cleaner. <laughs> no, to talk about the whole motivational speaker thing, people constantly say that I have a good talking voice. And I understand that at this point. I didn't get it when I started doing streaming. I didn't get it for a while. But at this point, you know what? Sure, I guess that's something that I know how to do. And that that's a nice thing. But I don't think that I have that. I think that I got to that space with what we've been talking about. The mental fortitude. The strength of mind to be willing to do or say or talk about all of these more obscure niche and yeah also the degenerate ones topics and that creates this sense of self that is strong it's a strong sense of self that's not easy to break i'll say and it's fun too i get to be really weird and act goofy with people and it's fun i like i said i hate my job i like streaming I do that in my spare time. I do it a few days a week. It's fun because I get to talk to people about weirdly degenerate things and then also not degenerate things like leather conditioner. <laughs> the leather condition, like, I, I, I want to go on and think about leather conditioner, but I'm like, at the same time, I don't because it scares me. <laughs> what scares you I about don't leather know. conditioner? I don't know what scares me about this, but it's... It, it's... it's like... It's like a it's like carpet shampoo except for for, for leather. leather and it restores it because you know how it gets all breaky and like old. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, does it, it actually prevent that? that? It yeah, exactly. That's what that's for. Well, damn, uh, I, I'm I should probably invest in that. I'm sure I could probably make a, a living off of you that. Probably find a can of it at a grocery store. Yeah, probably find some at Canadian Tire, honestly. Uh, anything else you want to add about uh, the mental, physical habits before we move on to the bonus level? No, I think that we talked at length about them. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's not something that I talk about super often, but it's something that I'm very connected with outside of what I do when I'm streaming. So it's something that if anyone wants to talk to me more specifically they're going i'm i'm sure there's a part where i plug my socials they can reach out if they want to talk all righty 
wacky lists, weekly reports, and a look back at video game history. Here's this week's bonus level. Uh, with that, then, it's time for us to jump into the bonus level, where we would start with the community corner. Uh, however, uh, the one question we got this week, we popped it into the topics. Uh, so, if you do want to be a part and uh, submit your questions to the community corner, well, you can do that by joining our official Discord, or if we eventually, or if we are doing a live episode over on the Twitch channel, which is very soon. I actually just set up the scene for it yesterday. Spent two hours building it. Uh, so uh, we'll be doing live episodes of the podcast very, very soon. So look forward to that. And then you can type in your questions in the Twitch chat as we're doing the episode. Uh, but you can join our official Discord. All that info uh, will be at the end of the episode as well. Uh, moving on from there, top five. And I figured it's a great another great way to just... Clear your mind of all the angry and stressful things that you may have. Just play a feel-good game. Top five feel-good games that you have. Top five feel-good games. Uh, That's honestly Minish Cap's a very feel-good game for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I know it's not a traditional feel-good game. Let's see. I've... You know, I like to have a games that make me games that are very relaxing to play, right? You know, people like to talk about Stardew in that sense, but to me, it depends on the mood. It's cathartic for me to play Doom, <laughs> which is, it makes me feel really good about myself. <laughs> So, you know, there are those games, you know, everyone can have. Oh, well, there's that Cat Cafe. Oh, yeah, right? Cat we Cafe that Manager. Yeah. Yep, Cat Cafe Manager. That's going to, that's, oh, that's number one. Okay. Perfect. Number two is Doom. Number two. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> the jump. Exactly. The jump. That's, it's, it's awesome. Very it's much so. I mean, I, I am Very one of those people so. like Stardew. I, actually, I wouldn't say Stardew is because I. I want to do everything with Stardew, which is why, like, sim games like that, like, they're not very feel-good for me. Because it's like, I need to do this, and then this, and then this, and then this. Really? I... That's that's interesting. Because for me, whenever I play those games, I get bored of them pretty quickly. But when I'm playing them, I don't feel that at all, that get everything done. It's very mellow, very hey, I can take this at my own pace. And it's kind of the opposite of Doom, where Doom is like, let's go, I'm beating up demons, what's next? Let's just keep going, right? There's multiple kinds of that feel-good, is basically, I guess, what I'm getting at. (laughs) But, yeah, Cat Cafe, ooh, from my childhood, I fucking love Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's that's always a good feel-good game, big fan of that one. Well, I always like replaying games from my childhood. I'll just, well, I'll say number four and probably also five, unless I can think of something, is it's not a specific game because play games from your childhood. It's fun. It's fun to play games that you played when you were a kid. Just do it. <laughs> it's very, it's a very unique kind of feel good feeling, right? If, if I play. Let's. There was a really, really shitty King Kong game for the GameCube. I don't yeah, know if you Peter Jackson. It. Is it Peter Jackson's King Kong? 
Peter Jackson's King Kong. That, yeah. yeah. I loved that game as a kid. It fucking sucks. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it's that a... game is a feel good game for me because I played it when I was younger. That's probably what I would say. Or Pokemon. Yeah, po- I feel like for Pokemon. for Pokemon, it depends on the Pokemon for me. I feel like one of the Pokemon better feel-good ones it, I like Gen 2. is... Um... Ooh, yeah. I loved Gale of Darkness. That, that's a good one. That, that one for me, Battle for Bikini Bottom is a big one for me. I usually play that game like once every year. I used to play Ocarina of Time every year for a similar reason. But now I'm going to be speedrunning it, so that's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, okay, I think that I think that's the five games. That that sounds like the five games. I think we've mentioned way more than. I mean, five. yes, exactly. Uh, with that, then we'll jump into this week in gaming history and take a look at the past from April 11th to 17th. On the 11th, 1992, Nintendo released the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in the UK. It was 149 pounds. Wow. Wow. What is that in modern day? I do not know. That is just under 200 US dollars. That's not awful. It's not awful. That's actually a pretty good price. April 12th, 1951. Ferranti engineer Raymond Stewart Williams completes the Nimrod computer. It measures 12 feet wide, 5 feet tall, and 9 feet deep. Neat. Back when there was a room for a computer. Yes. Wednesday, April 13th, 1992, Nintendo released Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super NES in North America. Also a very good feel-good game. Play it if you haven't. I still need to. It's a, I, I want to go through all the Zeldas eventually. I've only played a handful. It's so good. I mean, when there was... I mean, we just passed the 25th and... Yeah, 25th and... 35th anniversary, sorry. Uh, back at the 30th anniversary, I made a habit of going through the games that year, and I just played them all. That's when I played Minish Cap for the first time. Oh! it's They're all good, except for Zelda 2. Well, actually, that and Triforce Heroes, but still. <laughs> April 14th, 2004, Nokia announces the N-Gage QD handheld video game system. The unit is a redesign of the N-Gage, about 20% smaller with more comfortable use as a cell phone. The speaker and microphone are mounted on the front, and the multimedia card slot is located at the bottom edge. It was expected to go on sale starting in May in Europe. Did it ever? I don't know. <laughs> they announced it, though. So it was a... That they sure they did. They sure did. April 15, 2008... Sony CE released Gran Turismo 5 Prologue for the PS3 in North America. April 16th, 1990. Nintendo files four copyright infringement suits in the U.S. and Canada against retailers and distributors accused of selling counterfeit video game cartridges. And on the 17th, 1977, Apple Computer introduced the Apple II at the West Coast Computer Fair, for $1,298, it is the first personal computer with color graphics. Hey, the Apple II was a decent computer. Yes. First, first day. day. <laughs> Colors. It's a pretty bad computer. Colors are pretty nice. They are, they are kind of pog, as I hear. 
yeah. <laughs> that is how kids play That is these how days. kids put it these days. The achievement of the week is in Lego Star Wars. It's Jedi business to use Jedi mind tricks to make five people fight simultaneously in the cantina. And the game of the week, I'm giving it to Road 96. But you know what? I think I'm also going to give it to Cat Cafe Manager now. You know, Cat Cafe Manager deserves it. <laughs> For not being degenerate and having Cat Caf, and Cafe in the same name. It's... They, they, they're they a golden example of what they're doing. You know, I'm... You know, screw Ocarina of Time. I'm going to run Cat Cafe Manager. Yes. Uh, Glubbers... Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course. Yeah, this is fun. This was a very fun, very enjoyable conversation today. Yeah, very enjoyable. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet pretty much in, like, not that many places. <laughs> I have my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash glovers underscore. Don't go to the one without an underscore, because if you go to that one, that guy's bitch maiden has my username that I want back. But <laughs> that's where you can find my Twitch channel. I go live on a very sporadic schedule. I mean, in my Discord, my schedule literally says I don't conform to your mortal time constraints, and then Sunday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So you can find me on Sunday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time, or whenever I'm actually there, which is sometimes. But (laughs) 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 I go live consistently one day a week, but I'm usually live four or five days a week. And you can also find me on Twitter at C, that's C as in Cat Cafe Manager Glovers. (laughs) (laughs) because at glubbers was also taken don't follow at glubbers that guy is also bitch maiden also took my name (laughs) those are really the two places that you can find me i mean i could find my youtube channel hold on (laughs) (laughs) yeah so if you go to youtube.com slash channel slash capital u capital c lowercase x lowercase i am not a uh youtube partner I have a YouTube channel. I don't put things on it. I put on my speed runs. <laughs> but if you want to watch those, go right ahead. It's kind of like VODs. Alrighty. Uh, and of course, you can find me at uh, Radio Tony on Twitter and Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram and TikTok and twitch.tv slash Tony's Game Lounge. We're kind of like lovers. We don't have a set schedule. We usually go live Monday nights. That's usually the consistent one because I don't work Mondays. But other than that, we try to stream two to three times a week, depending on what I'm working with my other job. And of course, if you want to submit your questions to us for the community corner, you can head over to our Twitch channel and you can find our about section to find our discord link and you can join the discord and know when I go live and put out new episodes of the podcast. Yeah. And at Radio Tony on Twitter with a zero. Yes, with a or zero. The radio, not the Tony. The Tony's no. Yes. The Tony. No, it's a normal Tony, but the radio's got a zero in it because I'm fancy like that. It's because you're a cool gamer. I am a cool I am a cool gamer. Exactly. As they say. Exactly. <laughs> um, and also be sure to share, like, and share like the podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen, you're listening to this. That just helps us grow even more to get this one day sponsored. Anyway, Glovers, thank you for coming on the podcast one more time. Um, 
And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We will be back next week, uh, possibly live, possibly not. Um, but you'll, if we are, you'll see some stuff on social media if you're following. And, but we'll be back next week regardless in the Game Lounge. Bye! Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch for more updates.